0: Not really, nice, but. yeah, anyway, we've
1: got a guest today, Abram Aronson. Do you have any introduction? Avram Aronson, um, well, I'm also known as Avi, I'm uh, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and um, yeah, that is my name, that is who I am, uh, thank you for having me, Pleasure. and um, yeah, let's take it away, let's see, yeah. what, let's sure. see what we've got. Okay, Scripted I mean, for me today.
0: to start with, you just want to uh, talk about a bit about your background, where you've worked, what you've done?
1: Where, have, where haven't I worked? It's <laughs> <That's laughs> probably a better question. Um, so I was thrown out of school at 14. Okay. And uh, we won't go into details on that particular episode. Um, By the way, do you want to paper if you want, robbers? No, Notes? No. No. Um, yes, yeah, so thrown out of school at 14. Uh, went straight into the so work market. Is that because
0: they didn't like you, or
1: you, you didn't like them? I think there was <laughs> probably a bit of, bit of a bit of a factor of both of those. <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting times. Um, the mm-hmm. schools were set up the same way they are now, obviously. And uh, I entered the job market, and I went to work in a kosher supermarket, Halbins, probably heard mm. of
0: it. I, I, I worked there for a brief period. Oh, did you? Oh, well, there you go. So
1: you see, only the best work there. <laughs> we we all start there. Um, I was actually there when the current owner purchased that business. So we went through a very big transition. You um, about MD, uh, MD yeah. Well, MD uh, at the time. Uh, Schleim-, Schleim came afterwards. Yeah. I wasn't there at that time anymore. Uh, <laughs> but MD, he bought that business. Uh, together with a couple of friends, we were working there. And uh, we actually had a great time. Um, really good uh, good, good memories because we were young, uh, mm. very hard-working, mm. very hard hardworking. Oh,
0: so what were you doing then? Was that when you
1: just left school? Uh, so I left school and uh, went into work at the supermarket. Oh, so you uh, were like 15 or so uh, 14 days. at the time. Oh, so you were doing the vegetables wow. on that. Uh, vegetables. Started on from veg and stacking the shelves, oh, wow. and uh, mm-hmm. well, well <laughs> to stacking mm-hmm. the <laughs> <laughs> shelves, yeah, <laughs> it definitely was. Um, but but I've always had a hard work ethos because um, I don't come from a wealthy background. Mm. I'm the oldest of 14, uh, nine boys, five girls. Same father, same mother, and um, you know, it's a large family. Inevitably, mm. unless somebody's super wealthy, you're not going to have much money within that family. So, uh, anything I really wanted to mm. buy for myself already from age 10 plus mm. was always about working during my holidays and school holidays. I was working in other places, odd jobs here, odd did jobs you, there.
0: Did you sell your own business in school? No.
1: Uh, well, uh, I used that to. S- says. Yeah, well, <laughs> I did actually. a uh, Business, marzipan, I don't know if we can go as far as calling it a business, but it was rather enterprising, I thought. <laughs> um, I used to go to the shop and buy blocks of marzipan, and then with a ruler, I would measure out 10 centimeters and slice it down, hmm. and then I would sell each slice, you know, as <laughs> uh, does. Uh, and it was actually very lucrative. Uh, we did quite well. I must have worked, been working on margins of 150. Don't tell my friends. <laughs> and um, we we went on from marzipan over to um, packets of sweets and mm-hmm. you know whatever well, you, as one yeah, does just a bit of everything a bit of, yeah yeah wheeling and dealing in the mm-hmm. in the right way yeah who doesn't mm-hmm. do that? yeah that <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah no that was that was in school but I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was I wouldn't say there were entrepreneurial. Directions coming yeah, out of it. Well,
0: most people—if you look at it—most people do not start sell in school. So if you mm-hmm. do it, it's a bit different from the rest, at least.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we had we had quite an enterprising <laughs> class. We had one boy who used to write little stories um, during lesson. So he we would like did. take take literally squish, squish them down to the tiniest of size, and he'd have like ten pages or whatever, uh, almost like a, a Beano comic type of idea. Mm-hmm. Do you even have on nowadays? I yeah, don't they, know if they know do still go on. Every weekly,
0: I think, we get one.
1: Oh, do you? I so there so. you go. So it was that type of idea, and he used to do little drawings and little things, and, and he would charge 10p for a read. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> oh. And then if you didn't return it, got charged another 10p. So <laughs> 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 it was quite... It was You know, we had that. We had um, another boy who used to uh, buy buy footballs for the school because um, his father was the one who supplied them, and he used to... I don't know. Well, probably can say it now. He used to nick the balls a- along the way, uh-huh. and then sell time with the ball. So if you wanted rent. break time, he would rent the ball out. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, so you know it was just it was that type. It's a lot of
0: all fun to see that, these things, yeah. to see them, even if they're not right. It's just
1: well, I, you know, it's it's. I think it's part of growing up. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's no doubt a school has to bring a certain amount of of knowledge to the child and it's got to help them to grow but I think these things are healthy if they're done in a healthy way so um, you know nowadays nobody was going around the back of school and smoking and that type of thing it didn't really exist or at least in our school it didn't exist um, but so that was really where you got up to in trouble was what you're going out yeah. to buy now to sell and make sure you don't get caught along the way you know it was very much that type of uh, industry um, did he get caught uh, a couple of times, yes, uh, a couple of times. And uh, when it did happen, I'd, obviously everything was taken off me. But yeah. I would just start again. It was a like, yeah. it was a luc- lucrative market. Uh, marzipan was hard to get hold of. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, the school. It was it
0: like also half half there was like 14 kids standing in the school, half the people working for me and saying. Same- sweet so sideboard right so, oh, so you had you had the sales team under you yeah exactly <laughs> well. well you're an entrepreneur then <laughs> <laughs> so one, I mean, yeah. but when i got cool once i actually the school threatened to call the police on me that was a little bit different but i was selling keys master master keys master to, key. to the
1: lockers so. uh, but still <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, were you making yeah. them or were no, you stealing I, them i copied
0: them, and then oh. I them. <laughs> yeah so so that's already yeah. a little bit of a yeah <laughs> that's a little bit different i'm yeah. sure
1: all the boys who had the lockers within that masticy opening part were too happy with that. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> yeah, but um, no. But the, <laughs> the police were never called. It didn't get to that stage. All, but um, <laughs> so, no, but
0: it's a lot of fun to sound scorn so, to go through that experience and dodging the, the dodging authorities.
1: And yeah, uh, look, I, I, I can't say I did very well in school. Full stop. I didn't didn't really do well at all in school. So that was really my outlet with which it allowed me to sit in class knowing that I was trying to strategize in my mind already what's the next thing I can do or can I even push my mark up I and mean, just get my mind busy really um, I mean there are various other things that we, we used to get up to my friends and a couple of friends and I we used to get mm. up to little bits and pieces but nothing untoward mm. we were okay kids until the end yeah. <laughs> C- Occasionally you learnt
0: as well just um, occasionally no. Every
1: sort No No, <laughs> no. no. Um, I, I struggled with school. I struggled okay. very much with school. Um, and it wasn't... What the mean, like, just listening in class? Or? Um, look, I, I grew up in a place called Sunderland, uh, mm. which is further north than Manchester. Um, we were a very small Jewish community, so in my class there was one other boy and myself, and the rest were all girls. So we were learning at that time, as I was growing up in, I would say my key ages up till age 11... Uh, I was learning more about sewing than I was about <laughs> anything else um, My Jewish studies was extremely limited um again because of just the whole dynamic of growing up in a very small community um so when I did move over to the high school, which was in a different town, uh, I struggled just with basic no knowledge i didn't have i didn 't have any of the knowledge that the others had um and it didn't matter. My parents tried to give me private lessons, and they—my parents did everything they could at that time to try and help me to get there. But I think I by that time, it was you. no. I, I don't think there was very much more um, because I wasn't—I wasn't on level. Not from Jewish study, which was quite prevalent in the school I was in, mm-hmm. um, and to secular study as well. I mean, maths—you um, know—if you would ask me at that time percentages, I wouldn't have a clue. Times table. Mm-hmm. Probably just up to five. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was an mm-hmm. extremely limited upbringing that I had up till age 11. So, going into a high school in a different town, different people, mm. um, it, it was probably all the wrong recipe for me to even have a chance of success at that time oh. as a child who was meant to already have yeah. quite
0: well, a breadth of knowledge. Was it a sleep away high school? Where no, you're sleeping no. you sleeping away. You're still sleeping at home. I would, yeah, yeah. Mark, yeah. well, would you travel over from. We would travel,
1: yeah. So. We I travelled for a year from Sunderland to Gateshead, um, and then we moved from Sunderland to via uh, Gateshead to Manchester. I well, don't you know how it was in your town. No, in Sunderland there was no, no high school, um, or, or not a religious high school per se. Um, and when we moved to Manchester, my introduction to Manchester school was just it, it was wrong from the start. Which school did you get? Uh, I went to McHenna. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, it, 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 it's yeah. a very di- it was a very different school. Uh, the reason why I went there was because it was we just give s-
0: some, some uh, for some people that don't know, what yeah, kind sure. of a, it's a very very religious school, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. very religious. So school. If you don't have as much background into it, into all the knowledge, it's a bit hard to adapt into
1: that. Yeah, I mean, we were we were doing days in school would start. Um, I mean, there was obviously prayer in the morning, but Say mm-hmm. One didn't even go there, which we were meant to, which I didn't. Um, you would start the day at 9 o'clock and mm. until 3 o'clock just with a 30 minute or 40 minute break for lunch you were doing religious study all the way through and then from 3 o'clock until 6 o'clock you were doing secular studies so it was predominantly yeah. religious study so from that part of it I'm out mm-hmm. um, and three hours with the three hours of secular education that we were given it was extremely limited and my knowledge again wasn't mm on par to, to even that level which um, I mean these kids were coming out of uh, I don't even know which schools at the time but probably Jewish Day um, so they were getting a bit more than yeah. than what I was given for sure uh, so yeah so that was really that was really my, my school years very uneventual other than uh, I kept getting mm. into a little bit of trouble and not in a major yeah. way but you know it got to a point where the school was sending me out in order to go buy postage, postage stamps and and you know various different bits of stationery that they needed. They would send me to the village, which was... Which school? Was high school? It was high school. I was yeah, I, it was easier for them to see me outside <laughs> than inside. <Yeah. laughs> um, but politely saying it got to a point where they said that, uh, things have got to uh, break. Okay. and. Um, and so we broke, I, I left school, and uh, my parents first tried private lessons all the way through the day, and again, it just didn't help. So I went into the working market, and I was, from day one, always a very hard, um, ethical worker. You now said always, you went with
0: your friends, did some of your friends also do,
1: something do? Um No, so, so I had some friends who I knew just from when we moved to Manchester, mm-hmm. a couple of them who, were, some, two of them were actually a different school, um, one of them I'm extremely close with till today, we're, we're really, really, really close, mm. but different school. Um, so they they also had their own challenges and they ended up working um, kind of a month or two before me. And I'm probably certain mm. to say um, by knowing that they had gone out to work, it probably pushed me a little bit to maybe push the boundaries mm. that bit more because I thought, right, I have, a, I have an exit plan now. Mm. You I don't, I don't know if a safety net really concerned me at that time, you know, it was, um, we were young, we were adventurous, we we didn't really have much care, um, but one thing I always did have was the love at home, so I always knew that no matter what, I, I could always end up back at home if if that was ever needed, um, and that definitely was a huge element for me all the way through, all the way through my very turbulent years as I grew up, um, a lot of people listening or watching this may actually know me and they'll know that I went through crazy years um, to where I am today it's uh, a complete u turn and uh, it was very much knowing that I could always go home and I was always accepted at home for being their son and loved Um, that that probably played the biggest element in helping me get to where I am today Um, and I've said it to my parents many a time it was probably the most difficult period for them was to see the eldest child at 14, um, seeing the eldest child going through quite some big challenges. Did you lead and any of
0: the younger siblings on to do anything else? Because obviously the eldest.
1: Yeah. Well, I left home quite early, relatively By early. Mean, but
0: you mean you were to work?
1: Well, so I, I was at home first when I was working, um, but then once I moved on from um, the grocery store. Um, I actually started moving on to my own development and started thinking about what do I really mm-hmm. want to do. Fell into a couple of odd jobs, fell into some quite big jobs along that journey. Um, so I left home at 16. Um, I did try a shiver for a short while, um, Jewish College. Mm. Uh, it wasn't for me, so again, didn't really last very much um, time. Uh, had some fun there as well. Um, and then yeah, I really, really, Took on from there, I moved to London. Um, So
0: after Halpins, where did you go
1: to? So after Halpins, uh, I moved to London. And did you know what you were going to do? No, 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 no. I I moved to London because one of my friends, a different friend, Mm. um, he had moved to London. and He found a warehouse job in London, and he's going to me. Oh, London's great, the nightlife, you know, and all this this palaver. It happens to be it wasn't so great for me. I'm not a I'm not a party animal per se, Um, but he said, listen, come, you won't have a problem finding a job. So, yeah, fine, okay, Mm. so we went to London. Um, The first thing that hit me back then, I mean, you know, I'm I'm 44 now, and we're talking when I was 16, the first thing that hit me was the difference in in suddenly my expenses becoming much Mm. larger. So I was always at home, didn't earn very much in the grocery, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, so I wasn't really paying rent. I, I always gave my parents a little bit, very little bit. Well, probably Why, sh- I probably should have given them more. Um, I just felt that, that they could do with the, a little bit of help. Um, they never asked for it, and, and we're not talking in any sense big money that they would turn around and say no. Um, I just, I don't know, maybe even someone possibly put the idea in my mind that maybe it's the right thing to do. Uh, I was living there, I was eating their food, I was sleeping there, and I, wa- I wasn't really following the trajectory of finishing school and going to mm-hmm. college or university or whatever that may be. Um, so I was, you know, passing bits and pieces. I um, ended up in London, and suddenly I'm paying rent, even though it was a room in somebody's house in the loft. Um, it was just suddenly started being crazy money, you know, and you, you, you mm-hmm. think to yourself, oh, right, okay. And that was probably my first real wake-up call as to hold on a second. You've got to do something with your life here because mm. it's expensive. This is a room in someone's house. <laughs> it's not even before food, before washing my clothes. Um, mm. You know, before travel, I had to get to where my work was, and it was a basic warehouse job again. Um, Did this, the warehouse
0: job cover
1: covered the cost? It, it covered the costs, but only just. Um, which is probably a good thing, because if I would have had excess money, I probably would have gone out to town and would have done yeah. a lot more. Um, I couldn't do that at that time, so it was really a good thing in hindsight. I was
0: just think about it, what a 16-year-old deal without their parents, and if they had some money. Yeah, a bit of money. A yeah, yeah. bit of money and no parents. <laughs> at,
1: at that point, we were still 16, and I didn't have the money. <laughs> I didn't have the money, so we couldn't, uh, we couldn't do anything. Uh, it even got to a stage where I had to borrow someone's bike to get to work because I couldn't afford the bus fare to actually get there. Uh, it was very tight, and it was a big wake-up call. Um, but interestingly enough, that warehouse job uh, actually led me into my first real job, um, which um, I was every se- well at the time I was seventeen when that started. Oh, so you were there,
0: <coughs> you were there for like half I was laps? there,
1: I was there in the warehouse. Uh, all in all, for about a year and a half. Oh, what? Wow. Yeah, um, but after half a year or so, I started doing some other things for the company, yeah. and and the company was a fashion house. It was a company that was responsible for bringing Grey Trading CK jeans and DKNY jeans into the UK. So, uh, I don't know if you know much about Grey Trading. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, in effect you can imagine that say in England CK are selling their jeans and they're saying that the sale price has to be £50 pounds, Okay, whereas if you were to go into Netherlands you could actually buy them for €40 euro, yeah, I presume it's okay? different prices I'm it's different Paris, prices, different places so the trick was to find a country where you can buy them cheap enough happened to be this country, interestingly enough was Russia um, and and well, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, but it wasn't. We're talking many years ago, um, but it was Russia. It then actually changed into Turkey um, and went to a few, a few so different countries. The, they they were buying the oh, jeans from there and then shipping them into the UK. Allowed? So it was allowed. It's called great trading. I don't know if it's still feels, allowed. Feels I really so it's don't. Not it was allowed at the time for sure. Um, so and you
0: could do that like, when you were working out in the UK you could have, because I'm presuming they sell at different prices in different areas. iPhones. Well,
1: uh, it, no, it's a different market. It works it works very different. I don't know if it's still allowed now or not, but that time it was. Um, but they were doing that, and if it wasn't, right. as far as I was aware, <laughs> it was allowed. Um, and they were doing very, very well from that. So I started in the warehouse, but then they were approached by a hip-hop label from America um, who wanted somebody to carry their product in Europe so this is where things really started becoming exciting because as a youngster, first of all, hip-hop was still mm-hmm. rather underground, in the UK at least. Um, you had the, the, the hip-hop music and uh, UK house and garage music was very much under, under the, the carpet. Um, but the market, from a clothing perspective, was massive and nobody had really gone into it. So the company who owned this brand, the brand was called Maurice Malone it's actually quite fascinating in my opinion Um, the company is called Maurice Malone Um, it is a designer in America that's his name and the Bank of Venezuela purchased the rights to sell his product outside of America at the time so they developed a company that was buying brands and then they would take these brands and market them out throughout the world so for example, they had at the time a Marilyn Monroe uh, license. So they were selling, that was huge in China. I didn't actually get involved in that much, um, but it was massive in China at the time. And they were developing and producing and, and and doing so many different things with the Marilyn Monroe pictures and names and everything else. It was actually a very valuable uh, asset for them at the time. And one of the things they bought was this Maurice Malone label. So. They came to us and they said, listen, you're importing clothes. That means you're also looking outside of the market. Um, would you be interested in taking this product and, and selling it out into UK and Europe? So they said yes. Um, and that was where things just started going insane. So first of all, there was a young boy. I'd learned the skills of warehousing. Um, it, at that point as well, I'd kind of, Learned how to invoice through because that became part of my remit. So, you just go
0: on that app on your phone press, it's very easy to invoice. Well, nowadays,
1: yes, but I mean, well, I I guess there's still some smaller businesses which maybe still be working with manual input. We, we, I mean, we at the time were were working with a computer, Mm -hmm. which imagine a computer today is probably a million times slower. Uh, You could run maybe two programs in a time and uh, at a time. And and before your computer actually went crash. You know what I mean? there was, was
0: like 50 tabs open now. Yeah, <laughs> you, you couldn't do
1: that then. You really couldn't do that then. Um, and, and the accountancy programs that were running at that time, um, I mean, the big one was Sage. Um, they only had... They're still, they're still They do, but they're far, far more advanced as to what it was back then. Um, I mean, at that time, I think Sage Line 100 just came out. Is that a program? It, it's it was the accountancy program which was like so much more advanced than what we were using which was sage line 50 I think at the time but so the difference practicing, but. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you know what it is I, I I only know how to do an invoice on sage yeah. 50 um but then we moved over to sage line 100 and it became a little easy on one front but then on the other side of it, um, it it was new for us and we had to learn through that and it actually caused quite a bit of trouble trouble which was a big learning curve for me as well um but we had rappers and we had um djs music artists Man. coming in all the time to our warehouse to get free clothing who's the biggest because, one uh names, names. Name drop one. yeah go on because who's uh, the biggest <laughs> name <laughs> um who's the biggest one this is going back a long time um i mean I don't remember everyone. I really don't yeah. remember. Just, everyone. Say just But just, uh, no, no, no. He was—he's a much later yeah. uh, no, no, no. creation. Just, just, just um, bit bit. I'll, I'll tell you one. You maybe—you maybe, you maybe yeah. may have heard of um, uh, there were there were two DJs, uh, DJ Luck and MC Neat. Um, you, you may have heard of them. They—they they were very big on the party scene. They were like yeah. constantly going out to Ibiza, which was massive at the time. I don't know if it still is or isn't, so but. Know. Um, they were used, there was Steve Sutherland from um, Radio One, uh, well it was Radio One only at the time, I believe, now it would be been extra, but um, he was massive, uh, he had TV shows on MTV and on, uh, you know, it, it was all over the place. Um, who else did we when, when you saw those such celebrities at so the first <clears throat> time, it
0: was like Pearl Wallace. it's a celebrity that
1: it became more normal, as you want to know? Um, I've never been one to really, oh my gosh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's never been that way for me um, I, I think I've always looked at, looked at it as well done for getting to where you've got to and, and, but that doesn't mean I need to idolise you um, which was actually I think quite good because I don't, they didn't feel they didn't feel threatened in any way by walking into where we were because we were actually all the same. Nobody was jumping on them. Can I have your autograph and this and that? Mm-hmm. We were all very much. Why? Oh, what can we get for you, mate? You know, what I mean, it, was, it became that kind of relationship. But they were in every every week, every two weeks to get their new boxer shorts and the new socks and the new jackets and the puffer jackets for winter and you know the the, the 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 sweatshirts and it was it was a fantastic time. We really, I mean, there were loads of them that came in. Um, and you know we used to go to parties out um or get invited to the parties out by, the rockers, by them yeah by the, the DJs, DJs the 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 music so you artists learn, and whatever you get
0: to learn, uh, get to know a lot of people through that
1: um it w- it was interesting because i think again i was too young to really appreciate what i could have done with it if i would have that opportunity now <laughs> uh, i believe it would be a different <laughs> ball game yeah yeah i wouldn't touch an ounce of alcohol um uh, I would wear earplugs. <laughs> so, um, but there's so many good but, people. You can
0: meet, meet their team around them. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I would use it as a huge opportunity to try and just... Not even to sell. It's not about necessarily going there to sell at it's that networks. point, but to connect. Because you never Networking. Yeah, to network, yeah. exactly. Um, network is, is hugely powerful, hugely powerful. Yeah. Uh, I've had my network help me so many times, and I've been able to help my network so many times. Um, so it's really it really is, who do you know? But, yeah. you know, at that time it was all about, hey, I've got another yeah. I got another sweatshirt, <laughs> you know, this one glows in the dark, and wow, fantastic. So it was a very different, it was a different experience, which, looking back, 100 yeah. percent, I should have used so much wiser, but do oh. we at that age?: yeah. No, it was a party, and it was fantastic. after Did the warehouse promote you?: Well, I can't go into de- I'm not allowed to go into yeah. detail. Um, as to what exactly happened but in a nutshell the management team that were in place um, when mm. things f- became an issue they left and I was the only one who actually had all the knowledge of the day-to-day working of the company um, the customers I knew them all inside that if I didn't know them personally I knew their names and I knew they at least somebody within their company because I was packing the mm. boxes the warehouse boys who were by then working or the girls who were working for, you know, that time under me, it, w- it was still all coming to me, so I was really the only one who could actually bail them out from from closing shop um, so they sent me for training um, with a company called Accenture uh, was this when you were 17 years old? I was 18 by this oh, yeah. time oh. um, it was a company called Anderson Consulting which a uh, huge uh, accountancy type of company where they they did a lot of stuff around that. So it was all about development and staff development, team development, it was still quite a new thing in, in, in industry. It wasn't as widespread as it is today. Today you go onto LinkedIn and you say, right, yeah. I need training for, you know, how to flip my right ear mm-hmm. up and my left ear down, you'll find it. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't find it there, you'll find it on Twitter or you'll find yeah. it on YouTube, you know, something.
0: Fiverr each piece on a Fiverr. Yeah, or Fiverr.
1: Fiverr, you might get something a bit different back, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah. Um, but, but fundamentally, that wasn't really available. Um, so they sent me there for training. Uh, the company, Anderson Consulting, eventually turned into what is known today as Accenture. Um, a huge, huge conglomerate around the world and, and very large. So they gave me the skills at the time. Uh, they took it away from the warehousing and away from the invoicing and away from basic sale because remember, these people wanted our products, so it was quite a unique position. But in as much they trained me to look for a sale, to try and drive that a better a very sale. Was uh, training? It, it was. It was like training that. It, it was actually training for a year and a half on the job. Oh, wow. I used hmm. to have somebody come in from the company uh, three hmm. times a week for half a day. Um, and then once a week, I used to have, they used to put me through a test. So they it was really almost desperate. like going back to school. They were really desperate uh, for you to, to succeed. Had, well, they had to. They were invested with millions. What, for uh, Not into me, but into this company that they'd built up and, and It's quite
0: surprising to say someone from the warehouse had such a high... Did you lead the yeah. whole UK or did you... Do?
1: Well, again, it was down to my work ethic. Um, I, to me, it wasn't enough that I'm just sitting in the warehouse sellotaping boxes. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, on the contrary, I will always push somebody. If you need to do something, go in the warehouse, deliver a bottle of milk. Do whatever you need to do in order to A, learn to work, and B, to make a bit of money. Right? It, there's no embarrassment in being a binman. You're doing a service which people need. There's no embarrassment delivering milk. When I was young, we had people delivering coal on their back. There's no embarrassment with it. You've got to work. A person has to work so do what you can in order to then get yourself in a position to then think about what you want right you can't just jump in and say hey mm-hmm. i'm going to go and be a ceo of a you know a company that's going to be 10 million people around the world because nobody's going to look at you mm-hmm. so i've always had that type of ethos um so i wasn't happy sitting in the warehouse i had to know that Not just sitting in the warehouse. I had to know who the customers were. I was very interested. You had customers in Italy, Germany, Holland, Belgium, uh, France, you know, and 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 it was just every head of the UK branch. So we was we were doing the distribution Europe wide. Oh wow! Yeah. So the marketing and distribution and the sales and that was you Europe. were doing all of that? so no it wasn't just me we had sales reps on the road and we had, we had each country had no, their was, teams so where but did, what position did they everything in? was feeding back in to this office in London and I was I wasn't involved on a day to day with everything but I knew everybody I knew from the what customer what did you have
0: in that office
1: no it wasn't my position was warehouse oh, was, no. I built it up to warehouse manager not that it meant anything. No, i no,
0: when they put put you in, it, they, when the management team left.
1: Right. Ah, when when they left, um, they put me as a director.
0: Oh wow! Yes, it's after massive, the training. Massive job Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, it was after the training. They held the title for till I completed the training. Um, but it was it was really I think the beginning of me who I am today. Uh, without a doubt, it was actually um, the knowledge I learned then. Uh, was really taking all the bits and pieces that I'd seen, um, you know, instead of plucking out the air and just, oh, how do I do that and try and learn it myself? They kind of put a system in... Well, wouldn't it Because like,
0: you're doing such a high
1: position. It's
0: such a massive jump at such a young age. Yeah, I think they were more scared than I was. <laughs>
1: I, I at that time I could do anything. If you tell me to fly an aeroplane, I don't know, how, but I'll do it. Um, they they were very very nervous. Their, their issue was, and, and it was also a lesson to me. And this is a lesson really for any business owner. They were so they had invested millions and millions of pounds, and and we're talking back then twenty years ago. So the value of it's probably whatever yeah. today is way more and they'd gone and invested that into a company in England mm. where they would relied on people to do the job mm. for them the people were totally honest mm. from that perspective and I know them I'm still friendly with some of them today there, there wasn't a problem of the honesty the problem was that when they decided that they when the bank decided mm. that they needed to tighten certain mm. things up and it went in a way that wasn't actually allowing us as a company to really see and and bring out what we could through the markets and that was solely because they were looking at financial aspects which actually had no relevance to us it was because they were struggling in Venezuela and because they had issues with a team in America so they were trying to tighten the belt everywhere and it wasn't just the money but really what they did was they actually alienated their very team that they needed in order to allow them to continue to make this money so when it came to it that this team said, listen, this is the ultimatum. We're either going to do X or we're going to have to leave because it's not going to work without you allowing us to do what we need. Um, and they thought they would put the pressure on and say, okay, well, leave. And they left and they were like, oh my. <laughs> I, I will never forget it. The CEO of the bank, he, he flew over. The, there's four CEOs at the time and three of them, three of them. So you're talking the top men. They flew over on a private jet at that time um, to, to come and sit with me. Oh, wow. Okay. And we were, we were sitting in their hotel for weeks. Weeks. Oh, they came here for weeks? They came to oh. London, and two of them kept flying backwards and forwards, and one of them, who took the responsibility of the project, he was here probably for six months, almost six months, just trying to stabilise this ship that they suddenly had sunk oh. themselves. Yeah. And the only person who could actually throw them that yeah. life, boy, to some extent, was me, and not because I was clever. It's just I happened to be in the right yeah. place at the right time, and and that's really I always I say to people all the time when I see yeah. youngsters starting off or or even people older on, you, you never know, you never know what can happen by just being in that right place at the right time. It's not the only time I've seen it. I mean, this podcast is not long enough for me to tell you my life story. <laughs> but um, it, it, it really is that way. It's another reason to go out, get yourself a job anyway. Just go and do it. If not for the money, and if not for you to get into some kind of mind frame, but you never know that. You might just be in that right place where somebody could just, right? Okay. So, uh, yeah, so that, really to wrap that section up, did they um, ever get scared and say no, we don't want to do that Because I'm sure there must have been ups and
0: downs where they trusted the you or they trusted
1: you Yeah. So, so it went on for it went on till I was um, 19, um, and then they just—I can't tell you that I did everything right. Okay, I, I really can't tell you I did everything right. I was learning on that job, um, to an extent that I was probably out of my league after day three, oh. to be frank. Um, but again, they were the ones who were ins- insisting I stay there, f- you know, and they paid well for it. They paid extremely well for it. But probably
0: more um, for your age I was paying
1: well. They, well, I, I, <laughs> I remember walking in and when we were having these discussions, I w- remember I was a youngster with a lot of bravado and I thought I could reach the ends of the world. Mm. Uh, and I knew mm. I was in a very strong position because if I turn around and I say I'm not working with them, they have no choice but to shut the thing down. They, it was as simple as that. I knew they had a couple of other potential avenues, but even if they were to follow them, it, w- it yeah. wouldn't get them anywhere within the next good few months. So I was, I was king, right? Was a diaspora, so age. yeah, so I was on. I mean, I was. Can I, I say how much it was? I, I, I'm not going to say what I was on, <laughs> but put it this way: um, when I walked out of that job, um, it got to a point where I, I wasn't happy anymore because I was way on my depth. I was way mm-hmm. too young. I mean, I had salespeople telling me to shut up because I'm t- who, who do you think you are? And when it comes to that type of element, it doesn't matter how much authority you feel you have. You can't command authority just by demanding it. You can command authority because you are right to have it. And I wasn't. I was a youngster who'd fell in and they knew it. They knew it. So it got things after a year or so from afterwards when I was on my own and I kind of they were just... Is it you know? I'd get, I'd get.
0: How does it feel personally to say that you you you've got such a high position and then you, you no know, one respecting you and it's really hard to.
1: Um, it was very hard. Uh, I wouldn't say uh, I, look, I've got tough skin. Um, <laughs> it was very hard because I wanted to make it work. Um, it didn't bother me personally. I've, I've never, I've never been that type of person where, oh my god, he's not doing this. I don't have time for that. I've never had time for that. I really try and focus on. What I can do, um, but it was very hard for me personally. It's a very good question because it was super hard for me. I didn't feel I was performing. I didn't feel that I was able to take it to where it needed to go, and I knew how much I could actually ha- get it, get it somewhere. And then m- my own team were not helping. It was very frustrating.
0: Is that imposter syndrome then?
1: Like you just uh, felt a bit. I wouldn't say it's imposter syndrome because. If I would have walked into that job, blagging my way into it, 100. Um, I don't. You're honest. You said. You yeah, I, yeah I, my age, long it, long it long. wasn't even about the age. It was very much about they needed that business to continue. And when you when you
0: left, did they find someone else?
1: Well, when it, when I left, um, they went into the other plan that I knew they had all along, which they would never told me about. I identified it as a potential because. I knew that I might need to take that route at some point to help me, okay? Um, they went down that route, and that per, in, in a nutshell, they basically mm. moved the distribution and the sales over to the German team. Um, and the guy mm. running the German team ran it to the ground within three months. It was as fast yeah. as that, as mm. fast was, as that, yeah. pretty quick. So yeah, it was, it was a, a, a very quick death a lot more to the whole story again to, a bit short for podcasts if somebody wants to sit with me for five <laughs> weeks come along um, but, but in a nutshell that was really the the end of that journey came at that point point. Um, and then I started looking right. what can I do so here so I was in it, a bit did, of a challenge did you
0: leave before you found another job or
1: you just? yeah no I, I had to leave I, it, it, I know we use the word mentally today in a, mm. in a, in a bit of a broader term it wasn't well, at least in my circles it wasn 't spoken about so much i w- I was mentally drained um, and I, I my mental capacity couldn 't take any more if that makes sense um, i was w- I was way out of my league that 's the mm. bottom line It was a huge huge uh, opportunity and probably if I would have been able to keep this training with me for longer and develop other sides of me as well. It may have worked. It really may have worked. They were not interested in doing that. For them, their interest was that I know how to do sales so that I can run the sales teams across the, across the Europe. So I wasn't even being honed in necessarily on sales skills for me to sell to you as a, as a consumer or, or, or a pro, a, yes, you know, somebody who wants it. I was learning to sell it to my team. So every, you know, we used to have our few seasons a year and we used to get the new range and the sample kit. Yeah. And I'd have to start doing my Europe trip and start legging it around, you know, the, all the country. It was great fun. I loved it. Um, I used to get to fly off to, you know, to, to the head office every, every couple of weeks. And to, man, every, it was crazy fun. I, mean, I can tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Just, I had, it, was, it was, I just wasted money, you know, and, and I look back and I don't, I don't regret it was just—it was just one of those things.
0: Wait, so when you left, did the, 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 I'm sure they got really uh, the owner of the banks. They must have, come, have flown in to try and convince you to not to leave. Um, I,
1: did they? I don't think they did. Oh, really? Mm. No, I think I don't think they did. Oh, well. <laughs> but, but they knew it was coming. They knew oh, it was going to—it yeah, was going to happen. Yeah, it wasn't—it wasn't a one-day walkout. Uh, I've no. never actually done that from anyone I've worked for. Uh, I've never just walked out. One day to the next. I'm not like that. Uh, even if I'm not happy, I want to see them, you know, do mm-hmm. what right. they need to do and continue. Um, so, so, but I, I don't think they came to try. I think they realised, listen, it is what it is. Um, but they went very quickly to uh, over to Germany, and I helped. I helped, quick I helped to get everything I? closed yeah. in London <laughs> and get it over there. Um, there's a story to why it closed so fast. Sure um, yeah, yeah, there's a story there. Um, I mean, Germany was—it was—it was was just asking for trouble, but it was the only option they had. So that went down, um, and then I started doing my own little business. I had a little bit of money left. I've wasted money, left right and centre. Started doing my own little business where I was providing promotional gifts, or trying to provide promotional gifts um, to corporate clients. As an example, I don't know if it's... Again, I've not had cereal for a long time, but we used to have in packets of cornflakes or Rice Krispies, they used Gives to have them. a little gift inside. Yeah. Yeah, they're desperate to give them that, aren't they? Right, well, yeah. it, it, it was a great thing for kids as we were mm-hmm. growing up. We, it was always like, you got the cereal box, yeah. you didn't wait for it to pour out, you started yeah. digging in. You create similar Dig- roundability mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great, cheap way. Yeah. of of being of getting your brand loyalty in um because these things don't cost a lot of money at all, but you also have to remember this is still before or should i say the beginning of the days where China was actually becoming a bit of a bigger um not, not manufacturing like it now, company it wasn't no I flew to China um when I was nineteen um and it was uh, f- I went to an exhibition there to drive to the exhibition took about an hour and a half um and it was just, I would say, empty land three-quarters of the way. I went back there about um, six years later for something else, five, six years later, and it was already built up three-quarters oh, of the wow. way. It was literally the flip. The, the mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a very different, very, very different experience. I, I I got lost straight away just in the airport alone. And I always remember that Chinese airport because the amount of people that were there <laughs> it, was, it was staggering. I'd never seen that before. It was like it, you take Heathrow, grow it five hundred times, and you thought, like, "Well, okay, you know." But you get I mean, the yeah, idea. It was just, it was just, it was manically busy with so many people and everybody knowing where they were going, and and you don't forget that type of experience. It's not What's like walking was like into,
0: hustle, into hustle mindset
1: around that long. If were. Or was there was a hustle mindset, no, it wasn't Something so nice. much a hustle mindset. It's just China's a very big, very it's got a huge population, yeah so so you think you think take Manchester airport, right, we're here in Manchester and and they're complaining now it's all over the news, you know they're struggling to get the stuff to allow people to get through the airport or out the airport both ways fast enough. It's a story on its own to me, it's not acceptable, that type of thing, full stop it's not acceptable. You have a job to do, get the job done, end of one day, you have trouble, two days, maybe this is now going on a long time, it's not acceptable, but Imagine you're running something that's got the same volume of people times 10 in a building that's times 15. You're not gonna feel the people there, okay? But the Chinese airport is not times 15 bigger. It's probably times 10. So you actually feel that there's a lot more people there even though realistically it's a huge mm. expansion. It went on. So I remember just standing there and just like, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> and that, um, it was quite quite a trip. But I started doing these gifts, and uh, I came across a great idea, um, which was, uh, you know, you buy a jar of olives, and you either need a spoon to take the olive out of the jar, or, or put your hand in to yeah. take the <laughs> olive out of the jar. And I'd come across this little, it's a plumbing tool. spring. So it's not an expandable spoon. What it was, it it was a plumbing tool. Let's say you Mm. had hair stuck down your drain or whatever it was. Mm. So it was like a bendy metal pipe. Mm. And you press something at the top of it and out the bottom came out this little five-spoke handle.
0: It's a bit like a litter picker. Yeah, yeah, that type of idea. And it kind of grabs onto the the hair and you leave
1: go and then Mm. you kind of drag it out the drain and all the the rubbish comes with it, Mm. right? And I'm looking at this and I've got a bit of an imaginative (laughs) mind to be fair. and I'm looking at this I say, Ooh, okay, I know what I can do with that. And I developed, with a manufacturer in China, we developed a very small plastic um, stick yeah. with a little button at the top where it came out and it had three claws and it would grab your olive. It was and very I went,
0: or was it very hard to find the manufacturer?
1: Uh, it wasn't actually. Really? No, it wasn't hard to find the manufacturer. What was hard was for them to understand me. <laughs> Um and now the translate on the site yeah I had to I had to but remember much much as I had a bit of money, I didn't have a lot of money. Mm. Um the flights were costing me, the hotels were costing me. Uh in those days we were working with fax. I mean I I I grew up with broadband starting. Okay. I had AOL broadband as it was known back then, Way with dial up. Okay, uh, so yeah. you you were lucky if you What's were able that? to get well <laughs> exactly <I was> <laughs> You were lucky if you were able to get a connection the first time and when you yeah. did get a connection, just to write the words hello and to have that go somewhere and to wait for the response, it was it was you shut down the computer and come back tomorrow. It was a very different experience than what it is mm-hmm. what it is now. Yeah. So so I couldn't afford to just have a, a, a translator with me f- you know, for all the time. But also I had to do a lot of the design and the backwards and forwards was done while I was in the UK. So, it, it was a very big challenge, um, but we got there, and I got in contact it's with... Who's we? Was it someone else? No, 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 no. no yeah, uh, we, and am we. And I got in touch with a Spanish olive manufacturer, who one of the largest uh, across Europe, and I said to Nissen, I've got a product for you and I went to visit them, they were very excited about it and everything's fantastic and great and, for, oh, and I was on a, right, here we go, right, and at the same time I came up with another little idea which I'm not allowed to talk about because it got bought from me, so, um, but that was for a cereal manufacturer and whatever, it, it started like, I see this thing, ooh, maybe, and, and then suddenly I got a phone call from uh, the Spanish manufacturer, I'm very sorry to tell you we can't uh, take your product, and I said, "Why?" They would say, "Well, there's two reasons. Number one, the metal that you're that is coming out of the spoke, this the spike, from a health pers- health perspective, even though it's stainless steel, but if people don't wash it properly, they can blame us because we've provided it." Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, then that's like a spoon, isn't it? You know, just like a normal spoon." Well, I'm very sorry, we have to take that precaution. Number one. Number two was that because they were designed to sit on the side of a jar, because you can't leave them inside the jar. It just not, wasn't, wasn't how we designed it. It was to go at the side of the jar. It can gather dust as it's in transit, and therefore they, again, won't allow it to go out. So I said, yeah, let's maybe we can tweak something of this. They said, well, it's at the moment we're not, we're not going to carry on. I with said, yeah, it. It, was the, it was the end of the game. And I, I just remember I was sitting, no, sitting on my bed, um, it was early morning, they'd called the whatever hour, two mm-hmm. hours, whatever it was, Ed, and I'd just woken up when the call came in. So um, and I, I remember sitting on my bed and I put the phone down, it was on, wasn't a mobile, it was yeah. the old phone, I put it down and I just went like, oh my God, I've got no money left. How much money did you put into it? Um, I, pu- I put in about £20,000 back, no, was back wow. then.
0: Most of it, well, you had left, over.
1: My molds, the molds alone to create these things was was close to 10000 10, pounds. So you you
0: couldn't mm. find anyone else. You couldn't no.
1: find another manufacturer to have I, it. I needed to, I needed to stop and work. That was where I was at at that point. I just had to stop and so work.
0: So how did you deliver
1: the news to come, the uh, olive company? No, so no, it was the olive company who told me they won't do it. Oh, so okay. I had to go to the manufacturers, the guys in China, mm. and basically say to them, "Sorry guys, that's it." The thing is with them, they don't do anything till they have the money. So they have mm-hmm. their money, and it's just another one down, and they move on. I've mm-hmm. never I mean, heard from them since. <laughs> I mean, you've risen to such a high
0: height that you could have, if that was gone through, you would, you would have completely changed your life.
1: It, look, it was, it was an industry that actually really intrigued me. Um, it, I only know from recently, but I've not actually discussed this openly, but I actually, I've actually been diagnosed with dyslexia. Mm. And I see things in a different way. And I've always seen things in a bit of a different way. And some people go absolutely mad with it. They just, what are you seeing, or how are you seeing that? And sometimes I'm right, and sometimes I'm wrong. I'm not saying I'm a genius. Hey,
0: when just, you say you see things, you mean physical or mental? No,
1: no. Mentally, I will, I will see things in a different way than necessarily others do, um, and and not always. But this was something that went into. It ticked every box. Mm. Okay, I was my own, I was my mm. own boss. It was my own money. I had my own direction. I'd found these two clients. One of them, I just didn't finish it off because I got a bit depressed from it. Not in a depressive way, but I thought, okay, right, this has put me down. But that taught me that when things go wrong, you don't yeah. go down. I could have taken that business to. I could have found another olive producer. I could have found a country who wouldn't care that mm. they've got you know the dust particles from transit. I could have turned it around and changed so it in a way that it could go inside the job not mm-hmm.
0: outside the job. But all teachers, yeah.
1: All teachers. All. Mm-hmm.
0: Teachers. No, I'm a personal, but I, I, some people have got depressed over that. Say that yeah, such they're rising so much and then it just went.
1: Do you know how many times I've up and down in my life? <laughs> <laughs> um, but each time I go up and and when I do go down, I mean the last years have been very stable. So we'll you know we'll talk about it soon, but um, I've always gone up gone down but never gone down as far as I was I've always learned from ah, it and yeah. it's always taken me up mm-hmm.
0: why didn't you go into a full time job after you left the other job as a manu- as, uh, in, in the manufa- non manufacturer, where you're bringing um, clothes from from the clothing why did yeah, why, didn't, why did you start your own business huh?
1: uh, well I had a bit of money to be able to to, saying, to go off you on
0: yeah such a good job then you c- could leverage that to getting a really good job in a different company
1: I think I wanted to go on my own <laughs> I wanted to go on my own um, I always yeah, I've always dreamed I've always dreamed big I've always dreamed big and I know that if you don't dream big you're not going to get even small you have to have a dream you have to have a dream but one also has to have realistic dreams and at that age they were not realistic dreams and I think at that point um, I could have carried on in the fashion industry no question about it but at that point I was tired of it uh, it, it had hurt me that industry had hurt me now um, I thought it was going to help me and it did without doubt but it also hurt me so I didn't really want to stay in that so then did, where did you go uh, so I got a job um, Helpen's again no oh. it wasn't Helpen's it was actually uh, in Germany um, I got a you job in Germany. Germany I moved to Germany okay. uh, I got a job in milk production kosher milk production um, but it wasn't liquid milk it was um, powdered powdered milk so what position did you have? Um, no, it was just uh, supervisors, oh. Um, oh. nothing major, but it was just a solid job. Mm. Uh, um, it got me back on track. Um, a friend of mine arranged it. I was there for um, just under a year. Oh, well, not that long. I lived on a farm, um, and that was fantastic for me. It was absolutely fantastic. I was there over birthing season and the farmer. I love animals. I love animals. I can't have them in my house, oh. but I love animals. Um, and the farmer, he taught me quite a few things. Helped helped him birth some cows, and I helped him birth some sheep. And he used to wake me up in the night because he knew I wanted to be there. it? was also,
0: yeah. also a bit like therapy as well. It was amazing you, was, for was, me. Probably helped you a lot.
1: It was amazing for me. Um, it was just the best thing I could have. I wasn't. I wasn't near anyone. Um, I used to wake up early anyway to go to do this job. It was an early job, mm. so I used to. Go to sleep early, and I went to sleep earlier during birthing season. because so I knew he'll wake me up five times through the night. Just it was a phenomenal thing. I can tell you so much stuff about birthing oh, animals, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a midwife. But <laughs> your parents
0: worried did you. Know, you dropped, yeah, you did that such a high job, and then you left, and then you went to Germany and all through all
1: that. Well, my parents worried. Yeah, there's so many ups and downs. Um, my parents were, were always concerned for me, um, but they gave me my space. I'm not sure really, you didn't they, tell them all the information. I told them pretty much a lot. No, because I was not. I wasn't a terrible boy. Yeah, I I got up to mischief and I got up to things that I probably shouldn't have. But I wasn't a terrible boy. So um, they they were behind me. They were behind me. Just you know, be there. And I always knew they were there. But I did disconnect from the family for a while. It was very, it was very hard growing up with such a large family. You 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 know, we were in. Uh, five or six of us in a room, you know, together on bunk beds, and mm. well, you didn't have private space really. But no, um, just
0: I was just thinking about the point where you were the manager of that clothing brand mm. well, a bit higher than the manager, um, and then you think about your family, which didn't have as much money as you did. And it did not feel like you're on top, where higher. Do you know what I mean? No, no. I
1: never, no, I've never, yes, yeah, I you? can see why someone would, would possibly guys, go that yeah. way, yeah. Uh, money's never. I know I need money, but money doesn't drive me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and I want a lot of money, but money doesn't drive me. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, you have to be happy with what you're doing. If you're not happy with what you're doing, um, what's the point of doing it? And, and I'm not saying that sometimes you have to do something that you're not happy with. I did some jobs which I wasn't happy with. This milk job whilst it was fantastic for me because it happened at the right time if I was doing that now I'd be totally depressed because it's not really where I want to be it's not what I want to do at this moment in my life is there something wrong with the job absolutely not but it's just not what you want now right so one always has to to know where you want to go and how you're getting there and and to allow whatever you're going through at that time to almost try and drag out of it where is it going to help me on my next step so that for me was unbelievable, it was a year out almost of where I was living nowhere, you know from, from a Jewish perspective, I used to go for Shabbat, um, I used to go mm-hmm. to Holland, To my grandparents lived in Holland, so I used to go to them every weekend, every other weekend or so, occasionally I used to go visit friends in Belgium, so I, was, I wasn't out but I was Did you waste your money as badly out. this time? On?
0: Um? Did you waste your money as badly, by the milk? it wasn 't that much Fun. money it wasn 't that much <laughs> money
1: that allowed me to waste it, um, but um, I think i 'd learned my lesson at that point <laughs> i 'd learned my lesson at that point as to the value of what the money is, and I can tell you um, you know i 've been quite an entrepreneur along the way, and i 'm not worried to put my money behind it where I need to, but it has to make sense now, and at that point it didn 't need to make sense. it was just let 's just do something. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not going to go into stories I can tell you stories of where you would go oh my gosh, why? Um, and and everyone has these stories you learn from them you you need to learn from them (laughs) if you you don't learn from them um, then you're going to have a problem Uh, so that was Germany Um, and then what happened after that? (laughs) Um, I came back to London and uh, I went into the air conditioning business. Um, oh no, after that, I got married. Oh, oh. That's, that's a good no. <laughs> <laughs> I got married. Uh, no, it was a bit late I got married, but um, I ended up after that. The next proper job was uh, in the air conditioning industry. Why did you leave that yeah? You didn't like it, it so much. It, it was a job to get me to, to a place Mentally, mm-hmm. mentally and, and, helped, and physically, yeah, yeah, it got me there, yeah. yeah, Look, it wasn't badly paid, it just wasn't an amazing job, and that it wasn't exactly. amazingly paid. That, I presume mm-hmm. the first one you got was, the first one you was a different story, yeah. yeah, yeah. A paid, you know, tons yeah Well, let's not talk about <laughs> that, let's not <laughs> talk about where that money went. It was, it's you, a person could look back and go, you know, that was just it was mad. Um, and it was mad, it was he wrong, was bit, it yeah. was wrong on every level. No,
0: I it wasn't, you know, from there, so if yeah. as
1: as you make one. Yeah. So, so you, would, you would hope I've learned from it. That's I hope cool. other people <laughs> I'm sharing this because I want other people to learn from it. If, if one makes money good for you, go make the money but don't spend it all in one go. Have a plan. you know spend 10% of it, spend 20%, but the rest of it, just know what you're doing with it You know, um, And when you can afford to spend more than 20%, by all means go do it but at least have a plan if things go wrong. Because things do go wrong, you know? Look at these oligarchs now in, in Russia. They have their yachts and planes and everything else going for them. And they are all traveling mm-hmm. to the Russians, so... Well, and, yeah, but what do you think is going to happen to them in Russia? Do you think they're going to be able to spend the same way they've been doing till now? So, if they don't have money aside, which the Europeans can't mm-hmm. find, <laughs> um, no, but it's a big lesson. One always has to plan that there's going to be eventualities that you're just not, not going to know where they came from and wasting money just for the sake of it. It's not going to get you anywhere because you will lose it. So, it's very, very important to to learn that value of money and that job taught me the value of money, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so yeah. So then I went into air conditioning. Um, it was a new market in England. Uh, I felt it had quite, what did you do? own business? Or so no, I went. I went to work with someone else. Um, How age were you then? Twenty-one. I was twenty. Yeah, twenty-one. Mm. Um, and uh, he, this this person I went into business with, very, very friendly with him till today. Um, he had a air conditioning business in Israel, very successful business in Israel. So he knew the industry. So. He was the one who knew the technical sides, and he was, you know, we worked to get the machines, and he he knew that side of things. And and, uh, and, and I did more on yeah, trying out the sales and and the development of the business itself, and that was really the, I would say the grounds, the ground bricks of what got me to where I am today. Not that I'm anything amazing, but it just gave me the stability of where I am today. So we went on that journey together. Uh, we did a couple of years. Um, where we were selling here in the UK, and everyone told us, You are mad. Who needs air conditioning in the UK? You crazy. It's cold, and even when it's hot, it's never hot enough. And How did, but, it, how did it get? But guess what? It went super well. Did you sell it went the business? Su- it, well, I didn't sell the business. The business is actually still running. Hmm. Um, it's not mine. i has got my way out of the business. What do you mean by that? You exited there? I exited the did business. They buy, me, they,
0: buy your shares off you, they, 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 we, I exited the business let's <laughs> not talk about that <laughs> no no it, it, it's again
1: I can't discuss it, it the, the exacts of it but uh, I exited the business did you make a lot from that? Uh, I, I did okay from it um, but you'll hear in a moment it didn't last <laughs> um, but no we, we, we actually took the UK by storm with it it was, it was phenomenal the, the demand for someone to do air conditioning uh, it, it, just, it was almost provide, non-existent here did
0: you provide and, and also actually put it in as well?
1: So we had two parts. We were doing the supply of the units to installers, and we were doing. We had our own installation team as well. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice one. Uh, so a it, to it was. Installation. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, we, we did some very big projects. Um, very big projects. I mean, um, nationwide, um, we did some big projects, um, and it was all new. And we didn't know where it would go. We didn't know it would take off the way it did. But then, in as much, I think we were there just in time. But then the competition really started to to mm. knock on the door. Um, today, if you need an air conditioning unit, no shortage of people to go to. You can find them. Um, when we started, I mean, there, really, there was no competition. Uh, so? There were a few. There were a few, but it was very very. Did, you, very did you
0: run your business better some more people? Yeah, better. we we
1: we got quite a large market share very quickly but i think that's what actually made some of the companies who were already doing things like commercial refrigeration so they're doing
0: doing and they did they did they took your shares
1: they were already doing air conditioning stores have always needed air conditioning before houses but but they they went and started developing wider markets now it doesn't mean that because there's competition that you've got to stop what you're doing like i say the company is still running and it's doing very well I'm um,
0: also no competition there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <no. laughs> Competition is a very
1: healthy thing if you can if you can justify why you're in that competition. So um and we could. Um How we, there th- for? Uh, I was there so I was there until I was twenty three. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years. Right. Yeah, two years, two, two and a quarter years. Um and I mean it's not it's it's I'm giving you a bit of a broader, slightly different, the, the timelines, but to, mm. get, to cut the little ones out, um, I basically went, met my wife, then got married, um, carried on that for a very short while and then stopped, mm. and um, then I invested in something uh, that didn't work out, uh, was which was very, amazing. very, yeah, it was a very big, very big investment. But now you know, now you need um, to like split up investments well. It was. I mean, the way this thing panned out, everything in in the sense of it, I should have I should have seen it through to the end. Um, there was a big property property crash at the time, and and there was when it says yeah, two thousand eight. eight. It was just a yeah. property crash. Yeah. Um. The the. <laughs> I went into a, into a different business. Okay, so I went into. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it because it's quite painful for me, but. We went into a business that was um, providing what's called BMS um, systems so
0: BMS.
1: so board management systems. Um, so for example, there's two parts to it. you've got your electrical circuits. okay I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. You go into a hotel okay and you go into your hotel room. If you many hotels now, you open the door if you don't have the, the key yeah. card in the door, it's not going to switch the lights on. If you have the air conditioning on and you open the window, the air conditioning fan might continue to run, but the air conditioning itself is going to stop. Some of them, the fan as well will stop. Why? Because if the window's open, you're not going to cool or heat your room, because the window's going to pull all that air one way out, or Mm -hmm. in or out. So it's actually costing the hotel money to run that. Okay. You have various other things. You've got sensors at the time. We, we had sensors that could tell if there was a human in the in the bedroom. So if you went and left your card in the light switch holder and you walked out and you thought, hey, my lights are going to stay on, my air conditioning is going to stay on, this sensor actually realised that there wasn't a human in the room. Mm-hmm. Now, this was quite So le- you were selling this? W- yeah, so th- this was one element of it. That's the, 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 uh, the, the room element of it. And then you had the border management element. And the board element was basically, for example, if there's a fire in room one hundred and three, it would ring the alarm on the reception. It would automatically call a fire alarm. It would also automatically change the air extraction to go a different way, so that you're not bringing the smoke from one room Seems into another for room. That for 15 years ago. Uh, no, this, this is something that was in in your hotels had this now. Some of them was more simpler. What we had uh, the the consortium I put together, or well, I didn't put together, I was brought into it, um, was with a company from Israel, which was bought out by Secureka 4, and they were the ones who did these systems in all the very large hotels around the world, um, and there was a hotel being built opposite the London Eye, um, the largest hotel in the UK at the time, 1,032 rooms I think it was. And we were putting our system into their floors, I mean the board management system goes onto all the main electricals, so they build the hotel, they build it around it, and the way we were being paid um, was only on completion of X amount of levels of floor. So
0: did you get, the, so you were selling them? I got the contract. Oh, instead of that massive company?
1: No, so I brought that company in oh, okay. to do the, to, to, with, with their so product, working I with got them, the contract. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, there was more to it. There were a few more people than whatever it was. Um, so there was then the property crash. The American holding company of this hotel, they lost all their value off their shares. They pulled out of every contract you can think of. So it was something that n- that nobody really thought. You know, the lawyers didn't think they need to put a clause in there that the money needs to be held somewhere else in case they lose it. Sh- you know, they pull out. It wasn't done in that type of... It was done right. I mean, we had... Um, two UK banks, one German bank and two Israeli banks who were funding this project. So it's um, very it, it was a proper, large-scale project and nobody's lawyers felt that there was something they had to cover from. Everything was done by the book and it was only when everything started falling across the world, America first, and then it hit UK and Europe and everywhere else, that everybody was just scrambling for money at that time. You had the banks turning around And and they were always getting their money first. And they were turning around saying, listen, your your property you told us was worth £10 million and we've lent you £9 million. Now we're saying it's only worth £7 million, so you need to repay us £2.5 million. It was just an insane time for the world. And we lost our money. Everybody lost their money on that. Did you take any money, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all lost our money from the banks to Secure4 to the company, other company which I can't name, and um, my partner, myself. We, we all lost our money on it. It was, And when I say lost the money, I mean down to zero, to mm. zero. Um, so you can you know, say, well, you should have put money aside and whatever it was. Yeah, I was stupid as well. Uh, I did didn't put anything or? aside. Uh, did I have a child? Uh, right then? Did, a? Did I, did a child then. did I have a? Did you have a child Did I have a child? Uh, I had my daughter.
0: Then when when yeah, yes. went back down to zero.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Had my daughter. Um, but from this, okay, it's a story on its own. I should have had money aside. I should have kept something aside. Uh, it was on paper, and the way it was rolling, it just felt it just felt right to put everything in at the time, and it wasn't. All right, another lesson, uh, and a lesson that again I should have learned the first time. I did learn it the first time, here, yeah, I was one in charge and it was my shots that were calling at least from my control of my money, um, but it still didn't help. So another lesson learned um, and, and it took a while to recover from that. But one of the things that through that journey was I was sitting in rooms with the best top people you can think of from the architects to the electrical designer, you name them, all with a thousand letters after the names, right? Mm. And I'm, I'm not a stupid kid. I'm not the wisest of kids, but I'm not a stupid kid, right? And they're talking, and so many times I think, well, that doesn't make sense. Or, why don't they just do something this way? And and I was always scared to open my mouth in case it's just a dumb question coming from a dumb kid who okay. hasn't even finished school. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm down at rock bottom now. I'm going to get myself a job. Get a job. And I'm going to go to university. I thought, right, I'm going to do To so what age are you then? So I'm now 24. Yeah. Oh, one year. No, yeah. 24. So what job did you get then? 24, 24, 25.
0: You've done quite a lot in about 10 I've years. I've done more little things
1: along the way, but yeah. You, you, you use the main parts, I presume. I'm, I'm pulling the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> so get uh, at? So I went to work for a no I went <laughs> I went to work for a they company this <laughs> <laughs> is sponsored by um, I went to work for a company doing uh, facilities maintenance and management so interestingly enough like you have the company upstairs where we're sitting now um, RMS uh, they do shout they them out do, as well <laughs> yeah shout, don't don't, shout RMS <laughs> um, but they actually do one element of Facilities management. Uh, we were doing uh, facilities management for councils and supermarkets and blue chip where we were doing reactive maintenance for them. So, if let's say, I don't know, uh, Tesco had a break in through the roof on a Saturday night, uh, we would get a call and our engineers would need to go out mm. and fix it up. And then we would have the opportunity to quote in order to fix that up. And just one example of the various things that we did. So, this was a company that was quite new. Um, I joined that company, and while I was at that company, I went to Manchester University, and what? I started a degree then? in uh, business management. Consultation? Now, uh, Consultation? No, no. It, it was a general business management course. It was a three-year course, um, fast-track three-year mm. course. I also had to do very quickly a year... Uh, even though, even though I was older and I was able to get in, um, mm. I had to do some exams. I don't even remember the whole ins and outs of so is it. That how yeah. did you How did
0: you juggle family? It um, was insane. Full time job. And it was
1: did. insane. Um, I was working full time job. My my boss at the time used to let me off on a Wednesday afternoon because I you had to them? go into uni. Yeah. Um, I was working from Rochdale, living in uh, Prestwich, so I was leaving at eight in the morning, and then. Mm going to work and then from work coming home sitting with my daughter at the time then afterwards I had a son during the journey of this um, and then doing my, my coursework and then I used to have to go out to How did to, your um, wife that? She was amazing time. She was amazing, my wife um, I, I really could not have done it without her I couldn't have done anything really without her She's been the most supportive person ever that I've had in my life um, and she's supportive because because she knows that it makes me happy which is probably not the right thing to do <laughs> because it doesn't mean she gets what she needs necessarily yeah, most,
0: most people like you not spending time with your spouse whatever it is yeah. you're not able to say it's, it's very difficult
1: look it's, it's there's no right answer to that type of question because really a married couple should be spending as much time as they can together uh, in fact it's healthy too it's very healthy too um, sometimes things give. I, I, you know, when I was doing the air conditioning, I was newly married, I was actually living in Israel and I was travelling every week to London. And I did it for a while. So, it, it was a huge strain on our marriage, yeah, but it needed to be done. Now, it doesn't mean that there's no alternatives. Probably, in my marriage, I don't discuss enough alternatives with my wife, but that is for a marriage session, which we can do on another occasion. But, um, no, fundamentally my wife has been my rock she is my rock, she still is my rock um, and now with my new venture as well uh, which I've, you know, we'll get to, we'll get to that, in that in yeah. on the next <laughs> session <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she's fully backing me and with me all the way and I couldn't ask for more than that you
0: know? so what happened to your um, so you you're working with that company in London or Manchester?
1: so um, where was I? <laughs> At university, job and family. Yes, yeah, so it was a company based in Rochdale. Um, we grew that company quite nicely. What were you doing? Um, in that? What position did he have? Well, he brought me in just to do whatever he needed. Really, he knew okay, so he so knew I yeah, needed a job initially, yeah. it was just an assistant. Really, it was yeah. It was really. And it then, wasn't brought in with a particular role. He knew that my history, mm-hmm. um, and and somebody put in a good word for me as well with him. The, I know who it was afterwards. I heard about that, but. At the time, I didn't. Just know. got LinkedIn reviews. Yeah, <laughs> 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 for which I have zero. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he he. Look, he knew I was quite diverse, and what he needed at the time was to, was a diverse set of skills. So he took me on there. I got to know some great guys. One of which I'm actually working with now on the new venture. And um, you know, we we did a couple of years there where we grew it and whatever it was, and I went through the university. What leasons. position did it hold by the time you left? Um, I, don't, I,
0: don't remember. I honestly don't remember. It was better, I, I presume, than when he came in. I don't. I'm, I, I don't mm. even think we worked with positions really. You know, was just, just, uh, wasn't that big of a company.
1: It was. It was a good sized company, but I think you know the engineer was your engineer, and, and mm. your director was your director, just, and everyone else in the office <laughs> was something. Just yeah. yeah. It's actually it's actually funny you ask that because uh, throughout throughout my journey position has never really driven me I don't like having a word behind my name because even if I was a director there are going to be occasions where I don't want the person on the other side of the table to actually know I'm a director mm. and whether that could be just because I'm trying to resolve an issue and I don't want them to know they've gone to the very top or it could just be because it's a different hat I'm wearing at this point no relevance that I'm a director so why bring it in uh, or or whatever so I've never really been someone who, who Running after a title per se, Um, never driven me. Uh, Am I earning? That drives me a bit more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so that that's really what it is. Um, In my last job, my last job, I was regional manager from the first day to the very end, (laughs) and (laughs) I (laughs) I went through a range (laughs) of things. So, so you you finished. You left.
0: You were there for a few years. So, so I was there a couple of years uh,
1: while I did university, Mm. but. I got to the third year at university, university, and I was struggling a bit because by then I already had my next child, and more work from university, more work, more more work from work, more work from university, more work at home, Mm. Uh, and then it just all timed in with um, now similar time of year. So we had the Passover and Jewish festivals, festivals, which really Mm. took a good chunk of the time away from everything else. And then it suddenly hit me that why did I go to university in the first place? What am I doing here? I went there because I was scared to open my mouth when I'm hearing things on a table. I didn't actually learn anything from this course that I've done. Really anything that we were learning, a lot of it was just stuff that if you're coming out of school and you need to go to university, mm. most people, it opens your mind. You've got to learn how to do this, that, and the other. But it didn't actually help me. Most people say if you're so close to finishing anyway, you might as well finish. Yeah, but then I had my third child. And then I thought, right, okay, at this point, I would love to finish it. Don't get me wrong. I've said it also to many youngsters that I've, I've tried to help along the years. The fact that I didn't finish it is not because I don't want to finish. The fact that I didn't finish it is because I started so late. So start earlier. You come out of school, there are now so many different things you can do. You don't have to go to university. Get yourself an NVQ. Because you can get an NVQ.
0: What's that? What's an NVQ? It,
1: it's, it's like a graded certificate, so you will learn something. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, you can become an apprentice somewhere, right? If you decide you want to learn how to, I don't know, become an accountant. So get a job as an apprentice in an accountancy firm, right? Number one, you've got a job. It's paying you a Mm -hmm. couple of pounds. Number two, you're working within the industry you want. Do you know how many different avenues of accountancy you can go down? go down tax, you can go down inheritance, you can go down savings, you can go down, I don't know, day-to-day bookkeeping. How do you know what you really want when you're 17 years old, 18 years old? You don't even know what's out there. So what's really the best way to do it? The best way to really do it, unless you are, Focus and know exactly, right, I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a tax auditor when I'm 25. Fantastic. For go sure, to university, do your accountancy course too. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, one, one has to take the opportunities what are, uh, which are out there. And there's a fantastic thing called apprenticeship mm-hmm. in England. And you, you go and you work in a place of the type of industry you'd like to go mm-hmm. in. You get paid. You also get trained on the job, so you'll do some work there, and then you get taken out and you do some work. And you know what? If you like that, you'll get some tests and exams, mm-hmm. and then you pass those, you move up grades, right? And then these are equivalents to degrees today. If you do enough modules, you don't need to do a university degree. Mm-hmm. You can actually do these apprenticeship schemes and then. S- and have having real-life experience. I, that's how yeah. I learn better.
0: I mean, a lot of people think that. Like um, I, it's very split-less.
1: Do, you know, do you know, I don't think there is a right or wrong on that one Because everybody learns in a different way You know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I could be sitting here saying You know what, I need to pick this up And the way I'm learning is by going like this with my hands Because that's how it goes in my head If that's how I learn by doing that Then that's what's needed, right? Yeah. So I think we're very lucky in the UK we're Very, very lucky That the, the business industry drives the direction for the youth with enough avenues to be able to really choose what you want, right? So grab the MVQs, go study, go on the job. If you want to become a plumber, there's MVQs, there's, there's, you know, stuff in plumbing. You can do whatever you need and you get paid for doing it and you get the training and you'll get to the end and have a level of degree like a university. It wasn't the same when I was there, it was a university thing. Oh, no, back to the university. Back to <laughs> so did you cancel university? So yeah, so I realised that that I wasn't wrong. I was just scared to talk. And did you cancel university jobs as well? So yeah, I so left So you did, did two things at the same time. Yes. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. I left that. I wasn't I wasn't feeling I could go where I wanted to go at this particular mm-hmm. facilities and maintenance company. Mm-hmm. Um, I took it to a certain a certain stage. And I just felt it was the right time to go at that time. So, finished with the university. I'm sure I could pick it up again. I, mean, I did the years, so I'm sure I might need to do one year again or whatever it is. But I'm sure I could pick that up. And I probably would at some point, but it just wasn't like this. And I got this opportunity at my last job, uh, where I've been for, for nearly 12 years. I thought um, you had something
0: else before, where you were a business consultant.
1: I did my own yeah, I did my own. Anyway, alongside that, I was doing a bit of business consultancy. Business consultancy, um, I think I've got it on my LinkedIn actually. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah, I think I've actually got it on there. So it's something that that I've actually done. I haven't done it for the last few years. That's fair. It's a fair point. I've not done it for the last few years. But in my last work and also the first few years where I was at this last job as well, uh, sorry, my second to last work in this (laughs) one, um, I was doing a bit of consultancy. it ended up, it, I thought I'd do it as an avenue to, I'd work somewhere and then let it start making some money. But I just, it, it wasn't something that I felt I could monetize. I have what I can give to people and I, I felt it was my responsibility to give it to the people. If, I, if they're asking for it, yes, I could charge for it. Oh, you did it for a friend? Well, at the beginning I charged. Mm. Um, but then I also realized that when I'm charging, it also came with a different responsibility. Very different. And. I think it triggered in my mind that what I actually wanted to do was to share my knowledge, share mm-hmm. what I know, help other people achieve and, and manage and do. But I didn't want the responsibility mm-hmm. of, of me telling someone, at the time at least, mm-hmm. of me telling someone, this is the way you need to do mm-hmm. something. And you know what? I think looking back now, I'm 44 mm-hmm. now, and I was then, what, 33 one could argue, you know, there's enough business acumen that's come through from those years, but here I am at 44, and do you know how much I learned over the last 12 years? But, I wait, can't so even, but tell you. even
0: when you're doing a business consultancy, sort of you made such good connections by doing it for free as well. I presume. Well, no, not really.
1: You know, uh, probably not. Oh. Okay. Um, so because of my troubled youth, per se, my my focus has always been on helping youngsters try and find their way you know look you're 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 both still young right you're very clear you've got a direction at least even with this podcast there's a certain direction you've grabbed it you've taken it and you've gone for it do you know how many people would say oh i'm going to be a youtube star so what do i need to get my phone and off i go and i'm going Mm -hmm. i'm telling you i'm going to make millions you know they may make millions they may they probably won't so if somebody's working with that type of idea where, where they feel that they don't need to work in order to achieve, they're never going to make it unless they've got rich dad and mum. And if rich dad and mum allow the child to spend their money in that way, so be it. It's a shame. I it's feel sorry for that child. I agree. It's not
0: about the money.
1: Yeah. It's just about yeah. what you love Yeah, but they'll get where they yeah. need to go. For me, when I see children, youngsters, not even children, I'm talking teenagers, when I see them go through school and I see them struggle with a direction and try to just define themselves. I think if I've got what to give them, I'd rather put the energy there than to tell someone who's a 25-year-old business owner, well, listen, you know, your sales direction's wrong. Um, we need to sort out your, your your issues in your warehousing and we need to sort out your sales structure. We need to sort out your accounting. Do you even know you have an invoice for four months? These are things other people can do. Um, I can do it very well, most Things I think I can do very well from that avenue of, of consultation, certainly at a higher level today than what it would have been then. Uh, but it's not. Oh, so you, so, really, so you,
0: know. RC, you went with RC UK, or was So yeah. So no.
1: uh, so this was a um, a telecoms company based in London. At the time, it was a, quite a small company. How big? I, they Six had, people? yeah, they had one branch. I think it was five people. They had the the director and. How many three, four, five others. Um, uh, now. So uh, as of leaving now, I think we were 57. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 it's 12 years. Just under 12. Um, so this was a London telecoms company, and they were opening, wanting to open a, um, they were doing just retail and a little bit of, a little bit of business through their their branch in London. and. They wanted to open a similar idea here in Manchester, and I jumped at the opportunity, and it was a fantastic well, opportunity, opportunity to run one. So, yes, yeah, so basically, um, I was running the Manchester team. started with just me, um, and then we had one person Sam. straight, no, before okay. Simon, I uh, had one fellow, Aaron, uh, who we trained in on. No, scrap that. <laughs> I had, do you know someone called your Levinson? Yeah. So, he's a great guy. You should get onto your podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. someone else mentioned it. Today, yeah. but, um, right yeah, he's, no. a, he's a fantastic kid. Fantastic kid. I, I think very, very highly. I'm sure someone else it. Yeah, I'm sure they did. He's a, he's a great guy. Great guy. Um, you could clip this out and send it. Him. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, he, he saved me because um, he had he had worked... I don't know whether it was, a full, I can't remember if it was a full-time job or a of, you know, kind of holiday time job, I don't remember, um, but he'd worked in a mobile phone shop in London, so he knew the mobile phone elements. Now, I remember... He said you that... weren't
0: going the right way, I presume.
1: He? you weren't going the right way. <laughs> I've never gone the right way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but his knowledge, you see, I needed training into everything, so... The company in London had already done it for a few years. It was a little little retail room upstairs, um, on the first floor, and and you know they they'd been in it already for a couple of years. They were doing very well out of their local area. They did really well out of it, but the knowledge was all in London, right? So they wanted to bring the the same concept into Manchester, which we did. I had to learn, and I can tell you it was, I was learning the basics for for six months plus. It was a very detailed and learning and a very new industry for me totally so knowing that you all had that uh, he, was on your team he, was, other... he was on the team for a year oh, wow. yeah, so he that only first, came for, that he only came for a year crucial. it was crucial yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah. He, his whole idea was he only wanted to come for a year he had other plans how did
0: I say you could you on they said you're, you're uh, running
1: the, UK, the no so, so I got the job applied for the job met with him a few times got the job and then uh, we had to sit down and discuss how we were actually going to bring that over to Manchester. Um, there was work going on on the premises already when I joined so that was already almost, uh, we thought it was almost done, it ended up being another few months and uh, then Yold sat with me, then and uh, then brought Simon Fogel in. Um, so I know Simon already from before this role, and and were very very close friends, very close friends. In fact, it's, it, to me, it's probably one of my strongest friendships I've ever had. Because you definitely need to give no, no, don't don't let him hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't, don't no, we, this. we 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 complement each other, right? So, whatever the stresses of working day bring in, it can really really take its toll on the friendship, especially when with the pressures of this type of industry and the growth we were doing and the closeness with which we were working and I think it's actually testament to the strength of our friendship, um, that, you know, twelve years later, just twelve years later, um, we are as close as we were in day one. So so to me it was like it was a no brainer I had to get Simon into this. It was well, well, Dave,
0: to you made all the hand decisions uh, at
1: that time, now it's interesting because uh, there's a story to that as well. Sure, there but is. <laughs> You see, Simon Simon is a phenomenal person, phenomenal person. Um, he was actually offered the job before me, um, and I didn't know about any of this at the time. He was offered the job before me. The job that you? had? Yes, this at Rose. He was offered this job, and uh, something happened at the place he was employed at. And I'm not going to go into more detail because a lot of people will actually remember that story. Uh, it t- it, after the whole journey happened, it turned out this particular place was not at fault. Um, however, Simon knew that if he leaves that job, then it's not going to look good on that boss. So he turned down a huge opportunity well, to do to the right thing. What you could you. Uh, so at the time it was called Rose. Oh, and yeah. he turned that job down? He turned the job down at Rose because, so that it, he, because he, he knew that if he leaves oh. his other job, it's going to reflect badly on them and they were going through an issue which they had to deal with. Um, now, I didn't know this at the time, okay? Um But anyway, Simon was, was though, the yeah. first one who came in. Uh, we then brought in Nathan Monot. he's still there today. Nathan, our friend Nathan, also very strong friendship. Very strong. And how many did um,
0: end up so there for 12 years, which is yeah. the longest time you've been in any job. Uh, yeah. How, how many people did it grow just in the Manchester branch? Uh, Manchester branch from now 17. Oh, wow. Did you... Buy- did you buy into, the, do you have like any shares in that? that, that um, I have, I have, yeah it's a fair <laughs> so question. question. It makes people uh, more like invested in the company.
1: There, yes, there is a share scheme at, at the company now. Um, if, if one leaves, then that's something you have to give up if it's not seen its time out. So there is a share scheme there and, and anyone that? who wishes to take, anyone who wishes to take a job at, at RCUK or us, you know, or the Alfonica brand, uh, there is a share scheme. <laughs> Do they buy your uh, shares off you? Yeah? Uh, I, I sh- I'm not going to discuss um, yeah. elements of my my uh, end package. <laughs> uh, all I can tell you is now I'm a, I'm a multimillionaire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, but it's it, 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 from if if you're coming down on that way, I'll tell you something that 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 I could say with my eyes closed as it's absolute truth. Okay worked for a lot of people a lot of people um, and there's a couple of little jobs that I've not told you about through the last five hours we've been talking Wow, mm-hmm. we've well, done well um, I can tell you that this particular job the CEO of this company Maxi Rose is the most phenomenal boss I've ever come across end of okay end of the man is totally committed to his staff Um and and sometimes in ways that I've been shocked.
0: I mean it, it shows because shocked. you haven't been in any other company for longer than like two three years. Yeah, here for twelve years, which
1: yeah, a long time. Uh, most of our stuff have been with us for for a number that's what of you, years. Want. you want. Yeah. You want
0: your company, even if it's you don't have the best staff. Hmm. You want like, you want more committed stuff.
1: He's got it right. Um, but not because that's his game. He's not playing a game in order to do that. He's a genuine person, oh. and I've, I've really no. I I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not there anymore, so I can say what <laughs> I want. Um, he he genuinely has taught me so much from a staffing perspective that that he's flipped my view on how things should be done. A total 360. Total 360. Um, he's, he's totally selfless. Has no everything's all about. You know, even if he doesn't say it. You know that he's thinking, what's the fair way to deal with this? How can I, oh, that's going like that, or that's going like that. Or what can I do to make it better for the, he really has no, it's, it's a phenomenal thing to see, because this is a multi-million pound company, we've grown it mm-hmm. big. And Any uh, thumbnails you
0: can think of, or well, is it, how you, how you, sorry, how you, how you grow, to, how you grow a multi-million pound business? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we could use that. Never sleep. <laughs> Never sleep. <laughs> um, so now
1: you're starting a new company. Why did he leave? Uh, why I left um, after, yeah. This was March like a 12. week ago. Uh, literally, yeah, th- uh, the end of oh. March was my okay. last day. Thursday was my last day. a month ago now. Uh, sorry, what are we know? we eight... April. No, we're no, in we're April in is like, Oh, is April it? Or yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so it's, it's only like tomorrow. a week ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, last Thursday. Oh. Getting <laughs> yeah, <I'm> me confused now. <laughs> I've lost a month. Um... Thirty first of March was uh, my final day. Um, it's been quite a long handover. It's not been a you know a short short thing. We've had a good couple of months there. Mm. Uh, it was very difficult for me to leave full stop I mean, because knowing the staff already on. Well. It's not just knowing the staff. I've been involved in in almost the full growth of the company on every front. I've been involved in everything. So um, other than paying wages, <laughs> <laughs> so no, but I've been integral to the growth. It was very, very difficult. Um, I had an opportunity that came up um, to own my own business once again, and well, a totally different like industry. A in a few months ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, came up a few months ago. Um, totally different industry, and I thought, listen, I've given what I can there. I can give more. There is more, but if it's an opportunity that came up, do you think this? I really need this to take opportunity it. has more potential. Um, does it have more potential? In what sense?
0: I mean, the RC UK
1: is massive. I mean, your company—you yeah. could change so much. Well, the RC, the, the, the Rose changed to RC, RC UK, changed to RC UK with another brand, Alfonic. It. It's now basically Rose Communication Group. Um, it's a big company. Um, do I think I can bring mine to the same level? Um, <laughs> my dream is to bring it, is to bring it as big and bigger as he's looking to bring his as big and bigger. Um, again, you'll recall at the very beginning i said a person has to dream. If we don't really know where we wanna go, you won't even get to the first step. Mm. So my dream is, of course, mm. I want it to be huge. Right now, my focus has to be on getting the reins of this company because I've been working on another I'll job. This. N- it's small, N- it's small, N- it's small. Um, but it's, it's going to be, I, th- I think, give me the two to three years I need to do what I need to do with it. Um, and after that, we can have another discussion about where we're looking to go. Um, at this point, it's 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 very, very much, um, very, very, Maybe very based much. On you. No, there's more. There is more to it, but it's very small. Um, I've had to I've mean? had to keep it even smaller than it was. So I've been working another job um, while I've been seeing my my time out of that, that work. And I'm an honest person, and what I won't, I wouldn't do was to run my business in conjunction with running that job because then I can't hand it over right. It was a proper handover period. So uh, some people told me I'm crazy. Yes, and so I agree I with them. Good, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I took a decision to reduce down more or less everything that was running and ticking and working, it's a working company, it's, it's doing okay, it's doing rather well for what, the size it is. And I still cut it down to its bare minimum, just to allow me the time to get through uh, the and handover then you're period. Bring it back up again. So, so my job now, yeah, mm-hmm. correct. So I've just finished now. Um, we've got, you know, the Passover period um, mm-hmm. coming up in two weeks. So right now, it's given me two weeks to just get a few things that I need to do out the then way, get them just cleaned it up, really and then after Passover, just start concentrating on on giving it the run it needs. But um, what, what do you do? So, uh, so we've actually, it's really cool. We do a number of different things, but it's all around the facilities management um, idea of the oh, company. You your website? Oh, you see my <laughs> website, yes. <laughs> so, um, I'm, not nice gonna, I'm not going to plug it. It's a nice <laughs> website. It's a really nice website. Yeah. I've still not seen it with the pictures on, final pictures, at least for oh, now. Yeah, the <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's been it's been great working with that web team they've been very very good I'm happy to give them a shout out when it's done and signed off um, but um, so we do a number of things uh, so it's back into the facilities management field which I already did and I know and I've, I've got I'm working with someone from that time we are working together so each complementing each other and the main day-to-day of the business is facilities management, where we're doing similar to what I mentioned before works for certain and councils. Yes, that has got
0: massive potential.
1: It's it's look, it's definitely a business we can grow, um, and it's something we know. You know, so uh, it's quite good. It's quite good for us okay. to be able to go back into it and base ourselves on that. That's good. The second um, uh, vertical that we have. Is again within the the management the facility management field um, is a thermal fogging solution uh, which is a dry fog that sanitizes within seconds it's a phenomenal product not for now what we'll do on one of your podcasts I'll come in next time as you're in the middle Mm. I'll give you a burst it'll take three seconds to fill this room (laughs) and and your room will be I've got it in the car (laughs) yeah it will take three seconds for your room to be fully try that? Fully sanitary. with greatest pleasure. Yeah, greatest pleasure. Yeah. I'm more than happy to. Um, so that, that's a phenomenal product. Hey, what that's, do you
0: mean by clean? It will be like it's, it's germs. It's
1: germs. Yes, it will kill. We well, obviously, nobody see. will say 100% but 99.9% <laughs> as everyone says, <laughs> yeah. um, including COVID, it's all been testers and everything else. Mm. It's a great little thing um, because it's suitable for everyone. Just think How big it. is it? Well, you, we've got handheld machines and then and we have machines huge control. machines that can hang on ceilings does it fill the room yeah. with smoke do you know what it's like I don't know if you youngsters have ever been to a nightclub mm. don't say yes if you have okay. <laughs> but if you've ever been to a nightclub irresponsible don't you <laughs> as an irresponsible uh. youngster um, they have these fog machines Yeah, it's basically utilising the same technology in fact some of the machines that we use are the fog machines just slightly adapted um, so it's the same technology where the where the beautiful thing is with this product Mm. is it extracts as a dry fog, right? So if you would have uh, electrical cabling which is open here, your computers, your paper, your your I don't know, all your your sandwiches, whatever it is, what you don't want is that it's wet and then you have to wipe everything down now, which is how everyone's doing it now. So they're spending hours on extra cleaning crew. They're spending hours you will, on you will going need to around. Clip this and put this on your website. Yeah. <laughs> hours on extra cleaning mm-hmm. tools. Yes. Hours on going around and wiping everything down twice—first yeah. for the initial clean and then post the extraction. With this, you come in, you fog. It creeps into every nook and cranny. It's—I it's, will do it afterwards. Okay. And and it sterilizes straight away. So obviously, you perfect for Pesach. Yeah, and it this is perfect. It's not getting rid of your crumbs. Not no. <laughs> it's, it's not a cleaner. It's <laughs> yeah. theirs, the sanitization. So you think about it, uh, an aeroplane at the end of the day, mm. they could just spew it through and take mm. so it's really, it's trains. So really, it's amazing for head mm-hmm. companies. Hotels, office blocks, yeah. your business, restaurants. We've got mm. loads of them running with it.
0: Can I ask you a few last questions? Please. One of them no. is one, what's one advice you'd give for entrepreneurs? What's one advice I would if give you, for? If you could only give one.
1: My one piece of advice for entrepreneurs is take one thing and see it through.
0: What, uh, through, through see it all them.
1: the way through, because what a lot of entrepreneurs tend to do is they they think that they they think that they they've got loads of ideas. So what they do is they'll, they'll throw them all into a pot, and then what they end up is with a pot of not very much. And I think if more entrepreneurs would just Throw everything in the pot. Do that, mm. but then make sure you got the pot. You got great ideas, great ideas, great ideas. But I'm running on this idea now. I think that would help a lot more things come to market in a better way and a more structured way. Just, yeah. I hope that that was a good answer.
0: Just the last question: Why aren't you, why aren't you better at what you do?
1: <laughs> why am I not better? First of all, who said I'm not? <laughs> you always got better. Um, 12 years I was in my last job and there was not one day that I didn't learn something. Not one. Um, Things develop, things move on um, and we are creatures of habit so unless we make sure that every day we learn something new, in which case we're already better than the day before Mm. and the day before, that's why you always have to be better than the day before. So you will never be as good as you're So I'll you I better
0: is it just because you're
1: saying Because tomorrow there'll be oh, something yeah. that I need to learn. Yes. And then I'll be better again, but then there's already something else. So to constantly improving. Yeah. Have to, you have yeah. to. It's like the 1%
0: rule. Do you right?
1: know, do you know where, we were, where where? you look at the most successful businesses, um, all of them, even... I'll take a great example. You know how many, over, over COVID, do you know how many um, people went into alcohol production? Do you know how many new types of gins there are since COVID? How many? I don't know the number, but I can <laughs> tell you there are hundreds, hundreds. So I'm sure everyone yeah. went, uh, had a lot of alcohol during COVID. It wasn't just the alcohol. People were sitting at home and mm-hmm. people thought, oh, you know, let's start looking. And it's quite easy to get the grains and, you know, to in, distil- yeah, a small yeah. distiller. There are loads of, of what they call boutique gins now. Okay, another one, people baking from home. My sister in law uh, I've got one of my brothers, uh, Jeremy, his wife has done amazingly successful uh, baking for, for commercial companies. She's baking for their staff and for their leaving dues and opening dues and welcoming things and all the rest. She does phenomenal stuff, by the way. Um, but but she did that, and from in lockdown, she developed that company. She had a totally different company beforehand, which she couldn't run. So you look at all these companies and you think, well, why don't you do something? Why, why can't you be as best as you could be? It's because if you don't adapt, to what's going on, mm. you will never be as good as where you're gonna be because you're not adapting. So if you look at a successful company today, they've grabbed an opportunity, they're doing something with it, but always mm. and, and they will mm. continue to adapt, correct? And, the, and, and that adapt, adaptation could be very simple. It could be working mm. with one person who started it, now brings the second person in, or it could just be, right, moving out of this office and moving to that one there because it works but better. I mean, if for example, you
0: mentioned that accounting software before. Mm say Sage, sage yeah, yeah, they're doing a massive advertising mm. campaign now online. It's amazing, but it's just like I would not have thought they'd been open for that many years. Yeah, I thought they have been open for ten, fifteen years. But what 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 they have
1: it. done, what they have done is if they've tapped into a bit of a different market now. So, so that's on, yeah, they've yeah, still got zone, they've yeah. still got their their corporate accountancy products. I'll be honest, I don't know what products they called. I know they do them. I'm not into Sage as well, no, but. They're,
0: uh, the, um, that can use. Yeah, so yeah, so they've tapped,
1: tapped. tapped into the market of you're on your phone and you want yeah, to send that. a sole trader. Of course, it is. It's an adaptation.
0: Uh, especially as the most businesses are, are sole traders. Yeah, uh, uh, is it most it's businesses a, is that a stat? Yeah. So it's it capital. Capital. Is? most wow. businesses. Like there's seven and a half million businesses in the UK. You know, like five or six million of them are just one person business. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: But that's that's very interesting. That actually. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have realized that. I wouldn't have thought that. That's a great start. Great start. I like that one. <laughs> yes. But it's I mean, that, that adaptation.
0: Yeah, I think so, that's a great way to end. So,
1: thank you for coming on. Nice yeah. for having, for that was you a great time time conversation. To are we gonna do yeah. are gonna do another one? We, I've got so much to <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> you can do. <laughs> this is just part one. <laughs> yeah. Thank thank well thank you for
0: yeah. coming on.